everybody, how's it going? So it's the last day of May, and it actually is the last day of May because we're actually recording this at two minutes past midnight on May 31st. Usually, just to ruin the magic of the podcast, we, we might record this a day or two earlier. Weeks sometimes. Weeks sometimes. <laughs> Remember we did the Oscars one, we did it last November, and yeah. we knew all that stuff about Lincoln, that was quite impressive. But uh, anyway, here we are, so uh, welcome to number six in our uh, monthly podcast series, and this month we're available for the very first time on iTunes, so if you're listening to us on that medium, then uh, you're very welcome, or perhaps you're just listening to us on SoundCloud or on our site, as you always do. Anyway, I'm Nigel. Hi, I'm Park. I didn't ask you to say hello. Oh, sorry. So in part one, we'll be taking a look back at the Fast and Furious 6, Mud, a little shout maybe for Star Trek, Simon Killer, and The Great Gatsby. And then in part two, we'll relive our movie moments of the month of May, chat about some of the things going on in Irish cinema maybe, and then look ahead to June. So why not kick things off with a little bit of a clip, which kind of describes how you're feeling. Do not yank my cord on this. How desperate is the situation? Well, did you see Alien? When that uh, creature was in that guy's stomach, it kind of feels like that. Freshman. Goddamn, are you kidding? No, of course I'm not kidding. Do I sound like I'm kidding? <coughs> Who's he talking to? Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. We appreciate you letting us know how you're doing. We got a buzz. Keep it thought, dude. Thanks. <coughs> Shit, I hope he doesn't die. Can't handle summer school. Uh, yeah, so I was on holidays with producer Colin in Barcelona and seemed to have picked up a virus of some sort and feel like crap. So I just have often thought of that clip from Ferris Bueller over the last few days. And uh, coincidentally, it's playing at the lighthouse, so uh, you can go check it out. But yeah, apologies for my... You might hear the odd cough or, you know... Extra dulcet tones. If we do... Producer Colin is here with us, and if Pork does keel over and die, we should have enough of an audio um, blueprint, if you like, of his voice that we can just recreate him. That would be pretty cool. And you'll actually have my opinions, because I'll be programming (laughs) what you're going to say. So, living the dream here. Uh, So... Um, let's take a clip now um, with some extra loud car sounds, which is just what you want to hear. Um, here's a clip from the Fast and Furious 6. This is London, baby. Ready? Steady. So this is a film that came out this month. Yes. Which uh, is what we like to do. Um, it's number six in the series, um, which comes from... Uh, written by Chris Morgan. He's written f- four of them, I think. Three, four, five, six. And he has seven in mind. And then directed by Justin Lin, who did the last one as well. Um, I think I said on the pod before how much uh, I loved Fast Five. It kind of got me by surprise because I thought the franchise was tired and should be kind of chopped out but it actually kind of reinvigorated it a little bit and uh, it's pretty impressive that it's got to six films and a seventh one Yeah, all and jo- it's not a horror franchise exactly <laughs> all joking aside aside from Saw the last yeah. film I remember getting to six was Police Academy oh, can you yeah. come up with anything? don't think so no 
And even with Saw, didn't they kind of go for one of them to become 3D or something? Oh, okay. Or they yeah. did. I can't really remember how they all finished. Master producer Colin? Any? No. no. No, he's shaking his head. Sorry. No. Mute, m- mute producer. Um, no use. Um, anyway, so in this one, uh, what happens is our, all our six or seven heroes are living in exile around the world and they're all pulled in to do one uh, one last job. Well, seemingly not really one last job because there's more films on the way, but yeah. um, another job, if you like, by uh, Vin Diesel's uh, Toretto because uh, basically, what's her face? Uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, I can't really remember her she name. She got off the island. Yeah, she did get off the Lost Island. Uh, what was it? Letty, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Letty has had died in a previous film and has now kind of come back to life. And so Vin Diesel sees photos and is like, oh, i got to get her back. And then it turns out she's working for the bad guy. Um, but The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, um, kind of recruits Vin Diesel and his uh, Fast and Furious gang. Posse, yeah. Posse to track... To track the Luke Evans plays the bad guy Owen Shaw, um, who has Michelle Rodriguez. He's like an ex-military guy who's kind of yeah. come up with some technology. Yeah. So the logic being, get the bad guy and you'll get your girl back too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it turns out that Michelle Rodriguez has amnesia. So can't remember that dun, she's dun, actually dun. a good guy and she thinks she's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, I really like it the film. It kind of plays like a TV episode. Like the opening credits are kind of interesting. It's all these past bits from the film so it's kind of giving you a catch-up thing which is kind of interesting because I've seen the first one. Yeah. And I think I saw the second one on a plane maybe and yeah. I've missed all the ones in between. Yeah. So no one has seen all six films. There aren't actually six films and they've just tricked everyone because um, everyone's seen two or three of them and they've just marketed them differently to make people think that there's six of them so that's an insider bit of knowledge there okay. because uh, I think yeah I know I haven't seen all six of them but I think two and four are the same thing that was just re-released um, with a different poster uh, um, imagine yeah. the controversy it's not a bad film but it's not great it's good fun like for me it was a bit long you know if you've seen the trailer you've seen there's like yeah, two or three I have to agree. The action segments. Yeah. So when you think one's happened, you realize, oh, well, that bit hasn't happened yet, so it's going to be like another half an hour at least. Yeah. So it kind of. Uh, tried at the end it. with the plane, they didn't give that much away in the trailer, but they did give no. most of it. And the scene where um, uh, Vin Diesel, uh, Toretto, and Hobbs, who's played by The Rock, yeah. have their chat, yeah. has been in every trailer. Uh, or in every set of trailers that I've seen in the cinema for about the last seven months so I more or less felt that everyone in the cinema we should just do it word for word yeah wasn't that hard to find uh, uh, maybe I wasn't trying to hide because that is what became more and more apparent Vin yeah. Diesel can no longer speak English he can't talk um, he should have been subtitled and um, he's absolutely brilliant I love him so much he's great I just want to bounce off him um, because he just is built like this like there is scenes with him and The Rock where they just jump around the place and it's oh, really um, slightly homoerotic slightly just weird because they look weird, like they could be brothers there's yeah. weird you know that, yeah someone said to me that they hope that the next film it turns out that they are actually brothers who were separated at birth hopefully so anyway but there's a shout out um, one of the goons for the bad guys is he's absolutely enormous oh yeah yeah. I can't remember his name but someone can text in or whatever uh, he was in a film called Teddy Bear which I managed to catch at the film festival oh the Danish yeah film. about the weightlifter like he's a proper weightlifter and he's not just playing an ordinary goon in this they have actually he, given him some the lines other, the other goon role from the month of May was uh, the, Dead Man the Down. WWE wrestler Wade Barrett in uh, Dead Man Down and he is truly a goon yeah um, yeah this guy is, is, is he was decent is good in it yeah, yeah. Him 
and Vin Diesel kind of fight a bit. Anyway, worth seeing, like, if you're looking for a brainless bit of... Like, this is the kind of film I could probably watch with my dad. I could watch it on my phone, watch bits of it, go to the toilet, go for a jog. Yeah. In the middle of a comeback, it'll be perfectly yeah. uh, possible to hop right back in there. Um, so, yeah, moving on. What, what's your... What do you want to talk about now? Uh, so, we're going to talk, uh, look at Mud. So, we'll just play a clip from it here. Now, I like you two boys. You remind me of... Me. Seeing as how you two is from Arkansas and we know some of the same people and we grew up in some of the same places, I reckon we can make a deal for something. A deal for what? Food. Food for a boat. He's a bum, Ellis. Come on. Why don't you go get your own food? Well, I would if I could. See, I told somebody I'd meet him here, so... Well, I'm stuck for now and what I got's running low. He's a bum, Ellis. Come on. I ain't no bum. I got money, boy. You can call me a hobo because a hobo work for his living. You can call me homeless because, well, that's true for now. But you call me a bum again, I'm going to teach you something about respect your daddy never did. Okay, so there we heard Matthew McConaughey and uh, two of the star children. Um, Give us some names. Ellis, who is played by Ty Sheridan, and Neckbone, who is played by Jacob uh, Laughlin. And that's kind of setting up the main premise of the film. These two kids are out on a boat, come across this wee island, and they've discovered a boat up in the trees. And they're just kids kind of being like, oh, we're going to make that our boat. Then they realise that someone's staying in it, and they come across Matthew McConaughey. And we kind of realise that it's his boat, and he wants it to get to escape, kind of get with his girlfriend and get out of the place. So he strikes up a friendship with the two boys to help him get supplies and put the boat back together and get in touch with his girlfriend who's played by Reese Witherspoon so it's kind of like a classic coming of age you know it was said that it was like Stand By Me with the kids in it and Huckleberry Finn all these kind of yeah and McConaughey's playing again he's doing another fantastic role uh, he does get his shirt off once and it's almost like an end joke that's exactly what I thought I was like when he but the whole thing there's this mystical power to his shirt yeah, and you're like yeah. if only we could have known this before seeing Sahara or yeah. was it Fool's Gold some of those things <laughs> uh, so we should say that it's from Jeff Nichols uh, directed it who directed Nigel's favourite film from two years ago uh, Take Shelter Take Shelter yeah. yeah so it kind of follows on from the direct style set in was it the Mississippi? Is it on the Mississippi? It is in the Mississippi, yeah, in Arkansas, right? I think so. So it's that very kind of swampy, you know, it's very atmospheric and you can kind of feel the a bit pulpy it's as well. Muggy, yeah. like even the weather, yeah, and everyone there is sweating all the time. Yeah, and there's a great uh, cameo from Sam Shepard in it, who's in it more than 10 seconds, which is good for once. He's a fantastic haircut in it. Uh, <laughs> it's incredibly square. Uh, so yeah it was a really nice film it's probably our movie of the month it was slim pickings this month but it's a really engaging story and it kind of it's a sweet story like it doesn't end all neatly tied up but it's not a big diner yeah uh, you we disagreed a little bit over the final scene in that you didn't think um, yeah I could have done without it yeah and again in this kind of story it can only end in one of two ways and we won't give it away yeah. if people haven't seen Mud but um I guess me being a more positive person in the world thought it was great and you being a more negative person felt that there should have been retribution and well stuff, I, it, no? it seemed a bit too far-fetched at the end and I was a bit like really but it felt like a classic fairy tale and the only way of ending it was to kind of set it off on this uh, true yeah okay but, I'll take that 
Yay, I win. Ah, <laughs> oh, we should know you're sick. Yeah. Um, I'm delirious. Yeah, but um, a very good film. It, it was sort of played festivals last August and September, and I thought it was going to be a kind of a, an Oscar push uh, type film that they go, but they then held it back until it only came out in mid March yeah. um, in the US. So I don't know why. I'm not sure. I think it was Lionsgate had it over there, and I don't know what they had that they felt they couldn't handle because Matthew McConaughey was kind of being talked about for Magic Mike, and it could. You know, last year the best actor thing was well. I guess he would have been in in best supporting, wouldn't he? Which yeah ended up it was a funny one because Robert De Niro was in there, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. all those Christoph Waltz, Chancer. You know, so I don't know. He he should definitely he he's brilliant in it, and um, and the kid actors are going to be good. Hopefully, they were fantastic. Um, hopefully, we'll see some good things from them in the future. Yeah. What I did, I will just say, one of our other films uh, of the year so far, The Place Beyond the Pines, uh, about two younger kids as well, the last bit of it. So I imagine at the end of the year we'll have a little bit of a fight over it. Yeah. I look forward to it. Bring it. Um, I guess the next film we'll have a quick chat about is one that uh, I saw. You haven't seen this one yet. And it no. was actually only in the cinema for a week while you were on holidays, which uh, is really quite ridiculous um, because it was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. So the film is Simon Killer. And uh, directed by um, Antonion Campos. It's like Antonio, and he's added an N. Okay. To the and you know I don't know why. And um, so he's a relatively unknown American filmmaker. I think he's from New York. And um, when you IMDb him, the thing that kind of sticks out is that he was a producer on Martha Marcy May Marlene. Oh, brilliant! So the tone of the film and the kind of mood of like doom and gloom and something really unnerving. Like at any point, these characters could just explode and kill someone kind of looms through the film with this character of Simon who's played by uh, Brady Corbett uh, so uh, Corbett actually was in he was a young guy who was in Martha Marcy May Marlene you know with the short oh, brilliant. hair right. so that's yeah. who he is and um, so he's a guy who's just graduated from college and uh, he goes to Paris he's just had a breakup. And we don't really know many details. The whole film takes place in Paris, so we only see him once he arrives and he start, He goes to meet his cousin. And um, there's a short bit of a clip here um, where he chats to that cousin, so maybe we'll let... Uh, we'll get a bit of a sense of the tone from that. Make sure the heater is off and kitchen's clean. Yeah, yeah. And how long will you be away? Um, I'm going to the south, so maybe a week, maybe a month. Je sais pas, ça dépend. But she'll be here for a week or much longer? No, no, no. Just a week. I have to figure out where I'm going to next. Ah, bon. Um, leave the key under the mat outside. I'm sorry, I have to leave just when you arrive. It's okay. Don't worry. Hey, have a safe trip. Thank you. So that was uh, Simon having a chat with his uh, cousin who he's kind of nabbed his apartment. So uh, here's a guy who you get a sense has landed on his feet his whole life and he just ended up maybe with this girl and you see him Skyping his mother and the mother just dotes on him and doesn't put him under any pressure to actually make something of himself and he's clearly messed up the relationship uh, with his girlfriend and through it we know that things got a bit violent and weird with him because we get senses of the emails he sends and text messages but we don't really know in what way and then he befriends um, a prostitute. Can you befriend a prostitute? I presume so. <laughs> they all have hearts of gold. Yeah, and I actually just mean befriend, but then it turns into something else. So he yeah. um, he kind of uses and abuses her and 
base, and then he, he, he ends up just messing up everything that he touches. And here's a guy who just feels he's entitled to everything and he's so spoilt. And um, I just couldn't... When we review films on Spool, as I'm sure you'll know, we, we put our little caption things at the film. And about halfway through, I kind of come up with mine. I haven't got to review it yet. Yeah. And it's gone from the cinema, so I can't really do it. But mine was an American dickhead in Paris. Ah, brilliant. Uh, yeah. So I'd be giving this maybe four, four certainly four and a half uh, stars. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And um, there's a lot there if you like to get kind of into critical theory and get a bit academic on things there's loads there but if you just want to be kind of visually like the film is so stylishly directed that it looks absolutely great and it's like being in this really dark and murky nightclub and Paris looks as beautiful as it always does but in a really grimy Grimy way yeah so well worth checking I imagine it came out uh, in the US we played Sundance a year and a half ago right. we debuted there and so it should be on DVD soon it should be on DVD soon because I mean it's certainly it's probably on American Netflix or some on demand stuff so Revolta I might get it hopefully so um, yeah so we'll just quickly talk about The Great Gatsby um, I didn't see Simon Killer and Nigel hasn't seen Great Gatsby so I'll just what a month we've had yes <laughs> dedication we're movie bezies <laughs> and we just never see anything together um, so yeah, Great Gatsby, a lot of hype. It was supposed to come out uh, December, I think. Then got pushed back, which is never a good sign. Um, and it was shot in 3D as well, because like people, it got very panned, and I didn't really like it either, but what people said was like, oh, well, it might be crap, but it looks good. Which I kind of really disagree with, because you can tell there's certain scenes that were shot for 3D and I don't mean stuff coming out at you you can you can really tell when you saw it in 2D that the background was totally fake and totally so done on a green screen I saw it in, oh, in yeah. 2D and you can tell at the background well, well that was a green screen and it looks totally fake and looks terrible lots of the different scenes Toby Maguire plays Nick Carraway our kind of narrator of the story and who draws us into Gatsby and Daisy and he's always great I realised I kind of hate him uh, I don't know why, oh. and his voice narrating the whole thing, I was just like, oh, shut up. Um, he, he does narrate Spider-Man as well, and I'm not sure... <laughs> I I, th- I read a few bits where people said they could struggle to go back to Spider-Man 1 and 2 because yeah. of his unique introductions and voiceovers. And, like, the love... The whole time I was watching DiCaprio and Carrie Mulligan uh, on screen, it was so flat, and you didn't believe that they were in love with each other. But I, I just kept being reminded of Drive, which starred Carrie Mulligan and uh, Ryan Gosling, and how they just looked at each other and you felt that the screen was going to burst into flames. Whereas this just felt really flat and limp. And I don't know, it's too long as well. And I just. Oh, I it's I'm sort s- of. What I don't really get is Strictly Ballroom, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge. Yeah. A solid trilogy yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. Moulin Rouge was 11 years ago. Yeah. Right? Since then, we've had. He did Australia. Australia, which everyone kind of hated. Now I didn't mind this. it too much, yeah. Yeah, but like, I just don't know if, if we, how not much longer. Is it a bit like the Oliver Stone thing where it's like, oh my god, it's going to be the new. Uh, it's the new Oliver Stone film, and you're like, all right, but he. He's kind of crap. Yeah, he's a bit crap. It's yeah. been like 15 well, it's been years since. Most it's been successful film. Box Great office Gatsby. wise, yeah, it's done fantastic business for him. So the studio will be happy and he'll probably get to direct something else. Mm. But I don't know, I was very disappointed by it. 
And yeah. it was because I got totally, it's probably my own fault, I got totally sucked in by the trailer. I thought the trailer was fantastic and I was like, this is going to be amazing. The music was fantastic. The music's barely used in the film. They've all these amazing artists and there's like 10 second snippets. Jack White did a song for it. It's a cover of U2 song. I think it's Love is Blind. Right. Um, Brilliant song, brilliant cover. And it's in it for about 15 seconds in one of the scenes. And you're just, we're made up half of one of the trailers. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, we had a clip, but who cares? We're not no, we're not it. even, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm just going to supersede you. We're just going to take our music, that's the end of part one. That was May. Yes. Alrighty, um, so that was, uh, we're now into part two, that was the end of part one, that was our lovely music, as always, um, commissioned just for us by uh, the musical artist known as Sunburnt Jets, Yes. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, at Sunburnt Jets, and also on Instagram, at Red Egg. And, and, Has uh, he got a Tumblr yet? No? I don't think he has a Tumblr. Uh, we must check. We can only contact our Sunburnt Jets actually through uh, postal mail. Yeah. Like, we actually got these in on cassette. And, that, and we had to digitise them, um, which is pretty cool. Anyway, um, did anything catch your eye? Oh, you, we. I guess we're going to chat about the thing. The we're going to do some movie news. Um, so the IFI is, as it's the only cinema in Ireland uh, that can show 70mm prints, they're having a bit of a small season, and they're going to show four films over the course of June, which are Ryan's Daughter, Alien, Big Trouble in Little China, and The Deer Hunter. Um, so yeah, like 70mm is, I don't know, the aficionados, everything should be sought in 70mm apparently. Size matters, that's yeah. all, that's the marketing that they have, so. Yeah, um, yeah I saw Vertigo there in 70mm, I think we chatted about it here before, and it's a really, because it's, first of all, because it's projected on older prints, um, they're a little bit scratched, but there is something very, uh, Warm. it feels really big, yeah. and and. And the detail in it is actually there. For films that are shot so long ago, there's actually, you know, it is a little bit like watching stuff that we get a bit spoiled now with HD. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, 4K, these ridiculously high resolution yeah. uh, films, whereas these are inc- like, f- I guess, four times the the area, if you like, of a 35 millimeter uh-huh. film print. Um, so much, much denser. And um, yeah, it's great. Uh, I guess I'm most excited about going to see Alien. Yeah, that's pretty special. I've never actually seen The Deer Hunter and I think this could be my moment to go see it. It is three hours long. Cool. You could, dare I say... And the best scene I've heard from... Dad told me, it was just like, yeah, the best scene is the... The wedding? The Russian roulette. Oh, the Russian roulette. Yeah, I was going to say you can skip um, maybe the first hour because they're just at a wedding. Yeah. And it doesn't really have anything to do with just <laughs> the fact that there's some guys who like to hang out yeah. and then they go to war. Um, so you could skip that hour, just go in. The film's on it. June 26th at half seven. Maybe go for a drink yeah. and get in there at about quarter to nine and um, you'll be grand. Brilliant. Uh, Ryan's daughter as well could be interesting. It's also 15 hours long. So there might be an intermission yeah. during that. But yeah, they're uh, charging extra. So €12 Euros is your general admission. Um, yeah. But so well worth it. And, you know, if you have the facilities, why not give it a blast? Yeah, absolutely. There's something, it's almost like a bit of a fetish type thing as well, that people do get a bit excited about yeah. 70 mil. Uh, it's stuff. a pity it's just become too expensive to use and digital now is much yeah, freer. Yeah. And I'm actually really surprised that they didn't take uh, The Master... Paul Thomas Anderson film that was shot in 70mm 70 70 yeah. and I think it showed there briefly but they probably could have access to that print quite easily and it'd be f- 
sort of interesting to show a contemporary film that has embraced the older kind of style. Yeah. Uh, but um, too late now. Maybe they're going to continue this thing throughout the summer. Who knows? Every quarter. Yeah. Um, so uh, we actually forgot at the end of part one to recap our movie moments of the month. Uh, do you, well, mine, I guess I'll do, uh, was from Star Trek, a film that we're not really chatting about because it feels like it came out ages ago. My name is uh, I was a big Star Trek fan um, back in uh, yesteryear. I was going to try and come up with a star date of when I was 18, but I can't really do that kind of math. Okay. And um, yeah, I really liked it. Lo- loved it as a film, but I, I felt if I was a huge Star Trek fan, I think it'd be very kind of, huh? Why did you, you can't do that. What? Yeah. No, you're not going to do that. Are you going to leave it like that? Why is he saying that? That's Kirk's line. Oh no. Uh-huh. But um, a brilliant film. Like, but just not. A it great looks very good. Star it's Trek a bit from. too much action or something. In it. Yeah, and some of the story was a bit like it's very predictable. Like, there's a commander in it, and uh, he takes Kirk, he took Kirk under his wing in the first one, and he's done it again, and he has a chat with him in a bar. He has a heart to heart with him. Oh yeah, and yeah. you're like, you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah, and he does. And then there's other things, and you're just like, oh, Kirk's lost command of the ship, and now he's got it back. And yeah, how long did that take? Four minutes. Yeah. You know, um, and like, there's not so like at the end of the film. No, it doesn't spoil anything. Um, the kind of it almost like sets up to boldly bow or boldly go. That kind of thing, what which seemed to be what the whole TV series about was like discovering yeah. new worlds, having crazy setups. Yeah, so where this is really centered on Earth, and it's a, like yeah, a terrorism yeah. type film. Yeah, what kind of pissed me off a little bit was at the end of the second Star Trek film, Wrath of Khan. It was left on this massive cliffhanger of Spock being. A wall, if you like, you consider the second Star Wars film, um, Han Solo, yes, out of action. A wall, uh-huh. these huge, big um, cliffhangers, and I guess they don't. Films don't really tend to do that anymore. Like at the end of this, it's all really nicely tied up, and I just thought it would have been amazing if. Because uh, anything that doesn't know, the only thing you could think of maybe is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Read the books, exactly, that you, you kind of do know what's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. it's not too often that there's original films where you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. what's going to happen?" No, I don't think. I'm pretty sure it's just that they can't get away with it. And I guess when they're making it or writing a script, there may not be the guarantee that there'll ever be another film. So. True. Anyway, maybe we'll get it with uh, JJ's new film. It's a, st- a Star... Star Wars, that's Star it. World. Star what? Wars. Wars. Wars, cool. Yeah. So this is new franchise, a small little low-budget thing. Um, so apparently there might be more than one yeah. of them, so we'll hopefully it'll be pretty cool. Uh, did you have a favourite? Yeah, a couple of days I caught. Good. I, yes. I was really worried if you didn't have one, I'd be like, all right, empty yes. radio slot. <laughs> uh, no, I caught my neighbour Totoro. Um, a couple of days ago it's on a re-release um, I presume it's a 25 year anniversary print type thing because it came out in 1988 um, but it's a classic kind of Japanese animation film and yeah it's really sweet it's kind of a dad and his two girls moving into a new house and um, their mother's in hospital so the kind of kids just go to school and one of the kids is too young to go to school yet so she just kind of hangs right by herself and discovers this massive, I don't know, troll. But he's not, like, she kind of calls him a troll because it's from her book. But he's very cute and cuddly type of creature. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I suppose my moment is there's a bit where uh, the two of them are at, it's a very iconic scene. I'm sure he's, like, if you've seen the film, you'll be familiar with it. The two of them, are, the two girls are waiting at a bus stop. 
for their father to come home from the college and Totoro comes up beside them and this cat bus comes out of nowhere. Did we see this one afternoon in we film four when we all like lived together and might have been slightly intoxicated on a Saturday afternoon? Possibly. Like only students would be. Yeah. No one else has the curtains closed. You're like, yeah, that's a crack den. Yeah. No, it's a student house. So um, the cat bus comes along that's really, and Totoro like The image I haven't seen my neighbour Totoro. Totoro. But um, that image is really kind of burned into my brain yeah so it's quite a short film as well I think it only might be 80 minutes or something um, yeah but it's considered one of the Studio Ghibli one of their kind of banner landmark titles yeah. isn't it and hugely influential and everything what kind of brought uh, that animation to the world's stage did it I think so prove it how fact fact alright oh no it's fact okay cool yeah. uh, very good so um, we'll wrap things up with uh, some stuff to look forward to for the month of June um, I, we later today um, or today or probably right now depending on when you're listening to it we will have our our regular monthly um, uh, look ahead preview if you like which I write and then Pork also does a bit of a weekly news roundup which you might have seen so every Friday morning or lunchtime we have uh, four or five nice news stories so the 70 millimeter thing is one of them and you'll find uh, links to uh, buy tickets to buying tickets and yep. t- dates and times and every Friday so um, anyway one of my uh, films that I'm looking forward to um, from the coming month is Before Midnight which is a new Richard Linklater clip and here or er, film so here is a clip if I could change one thing about uh-huh. you it would be for you to stop trying to change me you're a very skilled mm-hmm. manipulator well I'm uh-huh. on to you I know how you work. You think? Yeah, I know everything about you. Here we go. Let's go through here. I don't think you do, actually. <laughs> no? Yeah. Well, I know you better than I know anybody else on the planet, but maybe I that's mean, not right saying now, much. What? This is great. Right. You know, I feel yeah. close to you. Yeah. But sometimes, I don't know, I feel like uh, you're breathing helium and I'm breathing oxygen. What makes you say that? <laughs> See? I'm well, trying to on, truly connect and you make a joke. <laughs> That's no, exactly listen, what I'm talking on. about. Come on, if we're ever going to truly know one another, I mean, I think we probably have to get to know ourselves better first. That was called What Would You Change? Question mark. YouTube always clips all, or titles all the clips, which I always find interesting because clearly from a publicity point of view, you can't just put up a video and say, just watch this. You have to actually say what it's about. So um, anyway, it gives you a little bit of an insight into the way that uh, these films work. It's the third one in what I call the uh, the Jesse and Celine saga. Uh, so the, these characters we saw in um, 1995... Uh, before Sunrise and then uh, Before Sunset from 2004. Did I get that the right way around? I think I did. And um, so in the first film, they kind of meet, hop off a train in Vienna and spend the night together, um, just wandering around chatting. And it's a real, almost weirdly, a little bit existential and questioning about where you're going. And I like it because it shows how much you put into those chance encounters. And, you know, this could actually be the person you are meant to spend your life with, or it could be just... You know, a passing... Uh, dalliance. Dalliance, yeah. Or, you know, it doesn't even have to necessarily be a romantic thing. But it's just really, really interesting. And the film's really connected with people. And um, they filmed this last summer. No one knew it was being filmed. And then just in early September, um, 
Richard Linklater comes out and says, yeah, so I have this new film that I'm going to be, you know, I'm just editing now, I'll be selling it in a couple of months. And everyone obviously got so excited because um, we got so connected. And yeah. So so it's nine years after the first film, or nine years after the second film, which came nine years after the first film. I have not seen these films. I own the two of them on DVD. Ooh. I bought them uh, in a HMV. They're a DVD know. classic. Everyone owns both these films and yeah. The Matrix and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on DVD. So, and I think I bought them because you liked them so much and I was like, oh, I must check these out. Um, so I will watch them before Do, the new oh, one it's comes I, out. It's ideal. So uh, June 21st and um, yeah, so it's it's going to be good. Um, can't wait. Brilliant. Because Richard Linklater is great and no one talks about him. Okay, so my pick uh, for the month of June is going to be a film called uh, Iceman by Ariel Roman, and here's a clip. All right, Roy, do you mind moving down the block? My daughter's birthday's going on in there. Roy, I have guests. My whole family's there. Maybe I should go and say happy birthday to her. You're doing hits with Freezy for Leo Merckx behind my back after what I've been through with Rosenthal. Now you're going to send me to another funeral? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't lie to me. Who you think you're talking to? You lie to me. We heard Reliota and Michael Shannon. Reliota doing his classic being terrifying with a gun against someone's head in the back of a car in the back of a car yeah. uh, we saw him a couple of months ago in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines and he was terrifying in it and killing me softly wasn't he yeah. doing the same he just does that now Like I'd, maybe he can't walk or something that he just possibly has to. yeah it's the best kept secret in Hollywood um, yeah so you actually saw this in TIFF no? I saw this last September and I don't remember a huge amount about it but um yeah it looks great it's Michael Shannon as a hitman um, everybody knows him from Revolutionary Road uh, Take Shelter and he's going to be the new bad guy in Superman yeah a week after this comes out he's mm. playing General Zod so he's the man of the month so he is playing uh, doing the indie film and massive blockbuster uh, so it sounds great uh, contract killer and Ray is playing a crazy crime lord and it's going to be coming out on the June 7th so I think that should be a good film yeah and there's a ridiculous set of cameos and surprise people who who aren't really credited so don't go on to IMDB and just look up everyone although I, the few people who listen in or have made it to the end will probably be like I wonder who it is <laughs> and so um, yeah some of them are weird and you're going to be like is that from Friends what <laughs> oh uh, yeah so there we go I'm not telling you who though Joey Chandler Ross <laughs> I don't know um, anyway uh, yeah so that wraps up our podcast as always uh, you can listen to us on iTunes SoundCloud the website however the hell you like to we'll also come around to your house and you we'll, have a chat we'll yeah. bring we'll bring producer Colin and we'll just talk to you and record it we should do it. a fund it where that's the prize we will record the podcast in your room in your house yeah we, will will the winning people be allowed to um, contribute no maybe? no They'll just have to watch. <laughs> they can watch. They can make us tea and watch. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, we'll clink our our spool mugs and we'll just uh, say farewell for the month of May. We'll see you guys again in a month. And any feedback or any emails or any any crap like that, uh, fire us an email contact at spool.ie with four O's and uh, we'll chat to you again. Bye bye. <laughs>